This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 28th, 2017. Seeds, apples and a seed. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And you know what? I just want to give a shout out to Will Bartz. Will was a disciple member of our church, moved across the country. We miss you. We love you. Thanks for visiting. Tell Cindy hi. And yeah, I know. So it's great to have you. He was like our, really worked in our sound. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, Barry. Yeah. Do you have like a handcuffs or something to his seat so he can't leave? Yeah, you're going to try. Anyway, it's great to see you. His son Kyle also led worship for years as a high schooler and then um, a young adult. We did their marriage, so there's a whole lot of connection here. I'm just feeling very nostalgic. And actually, that fits in with some of what we're talking about today. We're talking about seeds. For we do, we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for gathering us here today and for the great weather that we've got when we leave here and the time that we have and uh, tomorrow that may be a relaxing day for some. But God, settle us in right now that we might hear what you would want us to hear and take it with us to change and transform the world by your love, by planting seeds. And so, we give this time to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen, amen. Amen. All right, so last week we talked about scattering seeds as much as we can to as many as we can for as long as we can. Basically, that's what Jesus tells his disciples um, in something called the Great Commission. He shares uh, just before he... uh, You know, he gives instructions to his disciples before he ascends to heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And this great commission is where Jesus commissions his disciples. And Drew, I know you're going to be commissioned. Again, it's kind of the same type thing. He's going to be commissioned. He's going to be commissioned, but Jesus commissions us, and he commissioned his disciples to go and preach and teach and share the good news. And so we find a, a version of the Great Commission in each of the Gospels. The Gospels are the first four books of the New Testament, the stories that talk about Jesus Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John each has a version. Matthew, the Matthew version, is the most, uh, is the most well-known. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. In fact, this is the great commission that we're talking about. Say it with me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The version we find in Mark is the, is the simplest. Check this out. Later Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith. 
and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, say with me, please, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Doesn't get much simpler than that, does it? Go into the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so, excuse me, that was Matthew and Mark. Luke and John also have uh, similar great commissions. In each case, Jesus is sending out his disciples, the 11. Remember, there were 12, but Judas is out of the picture at this point. He's sending them out to spread the good news. That's gospel. That's what it means, gospel, good news, that Jesus Christ is Savior of the world. He's entrusting these 11 uh, men to spread that message around the world. Now, what's absolutely incredible about all this is that it started with 11, and there were some others that helped with that even initially. But think about this. It's 2015 now, or 2017 now, but our stats are 2015, right? Sure, it always takes you a couple years to get them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when they're this big. We personally had to go out and check all this out, and it takes a little time. It You'll does see why take in a, a minute. Time. All right, so we have 11 and some other followers, believers, and it's grown to, in 2015, 2.3 billion or nearly. That took us some time to go collect that did. information. I'm just saying. 31% of the world's population. Now, how could that happen? How could that happen? Taking this small group of followers and becoming a large group of believers. Well, Carrie, funny you should ask. It's based on a very simple principle. If I take this knife and I cut through, now you notice here in the core, huh? I thought somebody said something. And see, I can count these seeds, can't I? If I cut a little bit further, if I wanted to take a lot of time, which we don't have, I could cut, 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 and I could find just exactly, I could count the seeds in this apple, couldn't I? Yeah. And see, that's the principle. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. That's what Karen Jensen Salisbury uh, said a few years ago. She's a teacher, preacher, writer, instructor. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. Finite number of seeds. It's, it's limited. It's it's, it's, it's definitive. But once we take even one of those seeds, plant it, and it grows and produces fruit, we can't count the apples then, can we? Because it's just going to grow and grow, and you'll have what we call exponential growth out of that. O only God knows how many apples are going to come from that seed. And so Jesus knew that when he was teaching his followers, teaching his disciples, that it would become exponential, just like the apples. And so with time, 11 became 2.3 billion or so. There's an old riddle. Some of you might know it. Uh, would you rather have a million dollars or a penny doubled every day for a month? Well, the answer is the penny every day for a month. Now check this out. Alan spent this morning, seriously, paper and pencil, doing the math on Actually, this. Actually, it was a calculator, and it took about six minutes. So. Okay. All righty. It wasn't the whole morning. Uh, 
I just okay. didn't want to mislead, want to make sure we were accurate Sorry here. about that. <laughs> In 30 days, over $5 million with a penny. Always take every the penny. Day. Yep. So that's what's going to happen when we start planting seeds. And the seeds start sprouting and bringing forth fruit who, again, bear seeds. It's a beautiful cycle that God, that God has created. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. Well, so we want to share with you a, a really cool story of exponential growth from seeds, spiritual seeds being planted and what, what came about. And the story goes back to the mid-1800s. There was a young man who came to Boston as a teenager. He was looking desperately for work, and his uncle gave him a job selling shoes in his shoe store under the condition that the young man would agree to come to church. <laughs> so he went to church because he had to, because he needed a job. But his plan was to enjoy the pleasures of the world as long as possible, and wait to get saved until the last possible moment, probably his last possible breath. That was his plan. He was going to enjoy life. Ah. Well, he had a Sunday school teacher. His name was Edward Kimball, a kind, gentle man who had other plans for him as he determined to win his entire Sunday school class to Christ. And that included this young guy who tried to read the Bible but couldn't because of his limited education and who was found sleeping often in church. I understand that. Anyway, everything changed on April the 21st, 1855, when Kimball determined, determined to get some seed planted. He went to the uh, shoe store where the young man worked and prayed with him right there in the store. He didn't think it had any effect. He, he, he you know, little did he know that... Um, the young man became a Christian that day and immediately began sharing his faith with others, including his own family. The young man's name is Dwight L. Moody. You ever heard of that? Dwight Moody? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, he became the most prominent evangelist in the United States at that time. Uh, estimates vary, but, but, but some people estimate that he led as many as a million people to Jesus Christ, a million people. But here's the other thing. He also founded the, the Moody Bible Institute, well-known institute, and, and also the Moody Memorial Church in Chicago. More than 150 years later, that name Dwight Moody is still well-known in the Christian community. And to figure he did all that with a fifth-grade education. Wow, God is good. Amen? Amen. Amen. But the story doesn't stop there. In 1873, Moody went to Liverpool, England to be a part of several crusades, you know, large gatherings where the good news, the gospel would be preached to lots and lots and lots of people. He was invited to speak at a church, and the church's pastor was F.B. Meyer. F.B. Meyer was a um, well-educated intellectual pastor who wasn't so much focused on Christ, but he was a little more heady, is what the books say, and Moody's only, only focus was Jesus. Well, the Holy Spirit used Moody to talk to F.B. Meyer, who was supernaturally charged up 
supernaturally changed from the inside out and for the rest of his life he preached Jesus to anyone he preached Jesus it wasn't the heady stuff it was Jesus to anyone who would listen and then at Moody's invitation Meyer toured America at the Moody Bible conference in Massachusetts Meyer challenged the crowd he said something very interesting quote if you are not willing to give up everything for Christ, are you willing to be willing? <laughs> Interesting question. I'll say it again. <clears throat> if you are not willing to give up everything for Christ, are you willing to be willing? At least investigate. At least give it a try. Well, that question really resonated with a struggling young uh, minister named Wilbur Chapman. <clears throat> he proceeded to be a powerful traveling evangelist as he pondered and thought about that in the early 1900s. Now, one of the volunteers, one of his volunteers, was a uh, baseball player, former baseball major league player. Anybody know his name? His name was Billy Sunday. Now, that wasn't his real name, but that became his name because he was an evangelist. I think it's a pretty cool name, William Ashley became, well, Billy Sunday. <laughs> yeah. He learned to preach watching Chapman, and uh, he took over that ministry, and he became one of the most dynamic evangelists in the century. But Billy Sunday's preaching, not but, Billy Sunday's preaching did bring... Uh, thousands of people to Christ. And the story continues. Inspired by a Billy Sunday crusade in 1924, a group of Charlotte, North Carolina Christians dedicated themselves to reach that entire city for Christ. And so in 1934, they invited a guy named, an evangelist named Mordecai Ham. How do you like that name? Mordecai Ham to conduct a citywide crusade. It was during this crusade that a tall, lanky 16-year-old gave his life to Christ. His name? Billy Graham. Billy Graham. It's estimated that over the years that, that Billy Graham, uh, uh, more than 3.2 million people have responded to the invitation at a Billy Graham crusade to accept Jesus as their personal Savior. It's estimated that, that his lifetime audience is over 2.2 billion people. And the amazing part is, oftentimes they didn't even speak English. I, I remember hearing about when he was in Brazil. There's a stadium of 80,000 people who speak Portuguese, and he's bringing them to Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. And to think that all that started, that whole chain of events, with a Sunday school teacher praying with a teenager in a shoe store in Boston. <clears throat> well, you can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in the seed, can you? That's right. That's right. And there's more. You might be sitting here thinking, okay, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not <laughs> wired that way. Um, <clears throat> God hasn't gifted me that way. And, and that may be true. I mean, we're not all a Billy Graham. I, I wish it was, but not all a Billy Graham. Uh, Dwight Moody probably didn't think he had the gifts either when he went to the shoe store that very day. But check this out. The story unfolds in a very interesting way. So Billy Graham and his buddy 
went to this crusade in Charlotte. I remember he was, you know, he was a young boy, and he was clowning around. He wasn't there to get all spiritual or anything. He was clowning around, and he went into the tent where everything was happening, and they looked around. They couldn't find any seats because it was very crowded, and as they turned to walk out, an usher pulls his arm and touches his arm and said, hey, let me find you a seat. And the usher, Dan, your team, our usher team is so critical, finding seats so that Billy Graham could hear the word and give his life to Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness, it is so huge, so huge. Each one of you, the way that God can each use each one of you to plant incredible seeds. So if you're in here and it's really full and Dan uh, and you start to leave and Dan, whoa, be ready for what could happen. I was um, visiting my childhood pastor and his wife um, last week. Um, he had a huge influence on me spiritually growing up, but he'd been in the hospital and was uh, home, and I'd been wanting to visit anyway, but he, he, he's 96, and from his daughter telling me, he, he, last time he'd been in the hospital was when he was like three. <laughs> so, tough guy. And so we're there with he and his wife. She was like a second mom to me growing up. We were, we were, we're talking about back to church, you know, that I grew up in. Hang on in. for a second. Hey, Ben, could we have the slide? Oh, uh, there you go. There you go. Thank That's you. That's crucial. Hello. And, 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 and we got talking. I got to thinking back to, to growing up in the church there and all my Sunday school teachers. And boy, they must have been tough, tough tough characters dealing with me and my buddies. I'm telling you, we I were, mean, look at that we were a mess. The one, the one service, a woman comes on and said, boy, you look ornery. Are you still like that? <laughs> I said, you have to ask Carrie, <laughs> probably. Anyway, and, and so I got to think, I have this Bible. I couldn't put my hands on. I'm not sure where it is, but I have this Bible, and, and I know what it says, though, in the front. There was an inscription, September the 9th, 1963, Mrs. Doris Cameron. Um, I was nine, you know, I was like third grade. I, I remember Miss Camera. Funny thing, I was going through Facebook the other day, and I don't know why this came up, but her daughter, who I at first didn't recognize, she's got a married name now, but then I saw her, her you know, maiden name, and so I started looking, I found the picture of my, my old Sunday school teacher. Isn't that, maybe we call it serendipitous, so to speak, you know, it's wow. Anyway, I, I got thinking about Miss Camera and me. And, and my buddies in third grade, and oh my goodness, we, I know we gave her a run for her money. We gave our school teachers a run. We weren't going to do anything different there at church, you know, and I'm sure there were days where she wanted to pull her hair out. She still has a pretty full head there, but she, I'm sure she wanted to pull it out. I'm sure there's days she probably said, Lord, why have you got me here, Lord? I don't think I can take another day with these boys. But she hung in there, and she was faithful, and she planted seeds. Now, I don't think she planted millions like Billy Graham, maybe a couple hundred, but, you know, she was doing like Barry preached a couple weeks ago. She was blooming where she was planted, and she was planted in this Sunday school with these third-grade boys who were a mess, and, and she planted and planted. I don't, I don't know about, I don't know how many of those seeds uh, took root. I, I know one did. I know one did, and, and it's right here this morning with you. So praise the Lord. Praise, praise the Lord, right? 
You should write her a note. I should. Why don't we do that? I don't know her. <laughs> no. You're a good writer. I'm a good signer. Henri. <laughs> yes. All right, so we're talking about seeds. Seeds that were planted. Today we celebrate the seeds that the graduates uh, will plant in the future. The way that you indeed can make a difference. You can win people to Christ just the way you are through your words, through your actions, through your deeds. We call, you know, a time of graduation. We also call it uh, commencement. To commence means to begin. And so, you know, what is God going to do with you now? Whether, you know, you're at the beginning or you're, you know, keeping on going. But God has such big plans for each one of us every single day. Every single day. A hope and a future. It's incredible. And so those of you who are taking this next step, I know that you don't know what's out there and it's, you know, there's a lot of unknown, but do not fear because the Lord goes before you, behind you, and all around you. And you can go in strength, in his strength, not your own. We encourage you to give careful consideration to the seeds that you'll be planting wherever you go. Make them Christ-filled seeds. Seeds that, and plant plenty of them. Not just one here, one. Plant plenty of them. That story of Edward Kimball, I mean, he planted the seed in Dwight Moody and 150 years, you know, go, you know, that whole picture, bunch of pictures we saw that, you know, you could see how one seed, one seed, and it just goes and goes and goes. We are called to plant, and then God takes it from there. I'm thinking about Kyle, or his son, who was one of my favorite people on earth. And he stood up here, and i got to tell you, he drove me crazy sometimes trying to keep him focused on music and getting his schedule in and all that. And then he became a worship leader, and now he's serving God in other places. That is seeds that are planted See how that works? We're each called to plant seeds wherever we go. Here's another thing we'd like you to consider before we finish up here this morning. It's, it's difficult to plant what we don't have. We can't plant Christ-filled seeds if we're not Christ-filled ourselves. Edward Kimball, that wouldn't have been much of a prayer with uh, Dwight Moody if he have, didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus himself. You know, coming to church is good. We, we so appreciate that everyone is here. Uh, and this is not to discourage anyone from coming to church. We want you to come to church. But here's the thing that Billy Sunday, who we talked about earlier, once said. He said, you know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to a garage makes you an automobile. <laughs> We talked about fruits of the Spirit last week, or a couple weeks ago. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And talk about how the Holy Spirit brings forth these, this fruit in us when, when we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then that fruit brings forth seeds that we're able to plant in others. And that's only possible if we know Jesus Christ ourselves, if we've been invited him into our lives to be 
our Savior. You know, Jesus wants that personal relationship with, with each of us. And, and the thing about it is, uh, there's a saying, he says, Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't force his way. He, he wants us to stop saying no, to open ourselves up to him. He's not going to force his way. And in Revelation, there's a scripture that says, I stand at the door and knock. And if you open the door, I'll come in and we'll share a meal together. Isn't that a great image? Open the door, we'll share a meal together. We'll connect. You know, meals time. That's connect time, isn't it? He's going to knock. He's not going to force his way. He's not going to force his way through the door. He's not going to force his way into your heart. So we got to just stop saying no if we're putting up those blocks. No, Lord, I'll wait. It's like that, that, uh, that, <laughs> that Dwight Moody kid. I'm going to have as much fun as I can. And I'll, <laughs> down the road, I'll say, okay, that didn't work on him, did it? Today. Why not Today. First, we've got to recognize that we're sinners, right? Who here is a sinner? If your hand's not up, you're wrong. <laughs> everybody's a sinner. Scripture says everybody's a sinner. So we're all in the same boat. We need a Savior. We can't save ourselves. That's the prayer. Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I can't save myself. Lord, I need you. That's why Christ died. That's why, that's why he hung on a cross paid the price for our sin because we can't pay it. And he wants to have that personal relationship with each of us. I don't know all of your stories. I know some of you have that personal relationship. I praise the Lord for that and keep, keep walking the walk. And on the other hand, I know some of you don't. I know that just because that's the, anytime you have a large gathering of people, that's, that's going to be true. Why not make today the day? What's today's date? 28th of May. 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 May 28th, 2017, your, your new birthday. Your birthday in Christ. Wouldn't that be a good day? May 28th, 2017. That's the day you say, I need a Savior, Lord. Please come into my life. Personal invitation. You can do that during the next song right there in your seat. You can do it up here on the steps. I'd love to see these steps filled on our knees. Lord, I'm vulnerable here. I'm open to you, Lord. Anybody in the back willing to pray with anybody? Yeah. Amen. Got some guys back there. That if you're going, I don't know what this... I'll just... See, here's the thing, too. You don't have to have it all figured out. I don't think Dwight Moody had it all figured out as a teenager in a, in a shoe store when his a Sunday school teacher prays with him. He was willing to take one step. Okay, Lord, here I am. Take one step. Lord, here I am. Now what? <laughs> Lori, <laughs> Remember, Purpose Driven Life. She reads it. Carrie, I read the Purpose Driven Life. Now what? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I accepted Christ. Now what? Today's the day. Encourage you. If you haven't, take the step. That's the good news. Jesus loves you. You can't do anything about that other than say thank you, come into my life. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's share it with some other people by planting some seeds. Let's pray. Holy Lord, wow, that's a heck of a story you share with us today. <laughs> Please help us to be exponential, planting seeds, sharing seeds with others, Lord. 
I pray that each one here would have a personal relationship with you, God, if not already, starting today. Holy Spirit, fill hearts this morning. Holy Spirit, fill hearts this morning. We pray that. We pray your, your power that uh, each one here would know their need for a Savior and that, Jesus, you're it. Open hearts to your healing, saving power, Lord. We ask these things in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Everyone here said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life.